Okay, here's the gist. I'm a gay guy who's been living in New York City for the past three decades. I got shit to talk about. I also have awesome friends who also have a lot of shit to talk about. That's what this podcast is about, way off the record. People that you never hear from, that you need to hear from. Because trust me, girl, you need this fabulous in your life. Welcome to Way Off the Record. I'm here with my friend, Nancy Michael. Uh, Nancy, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Good? Yeah. Good. Um, thank you for doing this. Uh, so, Nancy and I met uh, working for The Man in corporate America about, like, five, six years ago, I think, at this point. Yeah, at least. It's been a while. Yeah, at it's least. been a bit. Um, and we've been friends ever since. Uh, the focus of this talk is going to be about... Um, Nancy's travels, about travel in general, and more specifically about what it's like for an American specifically to travel to other cultures that are very different from our own, what we learn from that, and how we conduct ourselves in those places. Nancy is of Egyptian heritage. Talk about that for a minute, if you would. Yeah, I, um, I was actually born in this country, but I was the first in my family to be born here. So my, my older brother is just a couple years older and my parents immigrated in between. So mm. um, my background is kind of the classic streets paved with gold American dream story. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents came here kind of because they got lucky and they got a visa, um, decided to take a risk, came here with a newborn son and, you know, got jobs, started businesses and, and built from there, sent us to great schools and kind of you know, are living the American dream and, and watching, watching us both succeed and sort of go through our lives. So yeah. um, it's pretty amazing. I have a, a particular experience of this country from that perspective, and that's always how I viewed it as sort of this place where people can come and build their lives. It's, it, you, like you said, it's the, the classic American dream kind of immigrant story, which mm -hmm. is hopefully we'll get back to that ideal uh, but it's it's the thing that makes this country unique amongst all others so you have traveled to 49 countries uh, six <laughs> out of the seven continents all but Ant Antarctica North America so North America South America Europe Asia Africa and Australia mm -hmm. um, that is fascinating. This last trip that you took, I mean, I don't, you're the only one that I know in my life and in my 53 years. 53 years. <laughs> has, traveled, has traveled to that many places. And the reason why we're having this conversation is from that lens, from your perspective, um, I wanted to talk to you about what it's like for an American specifically to experience all these different cultures and how you navigate that so yeah um you're on your last trip mm -hmm. which was what like a month ago uh i got back at the end of october um oh, okay. so a little while ago and basically just to sort of give a little context there you know i've been um you know working for a long time and i kind of had this 
desire, this vision one day that I would take what I call a mini retirement um, mm. and, you know, take a time out from working and go and travel. And I've always been a traveler. I've always, um, you know, traveled quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I, I was working and I got an international project and it quenched that a little bit. I was able to travel quite a bit while still working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I came back and a few years passed and I kind of was, was feeling like it was the right time to do that. So I actually left um, my job and decided to, you know, buy a one-way ticket, uh, in this case to Europe, and travel around until I was done uh, traveling um, and kind of figure things out as I went along. And so that's what this latest trip was about. It was almost three months, uh, right. um, you know, and some of it was on my own. Some places I met up with friends, other places I did some organized um, tours. Mm-hmm. But it was really about trying to see some of the places I hadn't seen before. And some of it was about revisiting places I had that I really enjoyed. Um, so that's a little bit of the context of the trip. I ended up going to 12 countries um, in this go-round. Uh, the 49 number actually kills me a little bit. <laughs> I just when I finally sat down and made the list and counted, I was like, oh, so close to 50. <laughs> but I'll get there soon. Um, uh, so let me just list the, the countries that this last trip that you went to, which mm-hmm. I, all of which I want to go to. Um, some of which I've been, but most of I, most I haven't. So Greece first, mm-hmm. then to Russia, uh, then to Turkey, mm-hmm. and then to Slovenia, which might sound familiar to some people because that's where Melania Trump was mail-ordered. Um, Croatia, Germany, Portugal, Northern Ireland, Ireland, Netherlands, France, and Spain. Yes. Just pick a, a handful of, you know, two or three of those experiences that stand out to you. Yeah. So, you know, what was great about what I was able to do this time was I did a lot of different types of traveling. So Mm. toward the later part of the trip, uh, a lot of it was on my own, and that was more cities, you know, capital cities. So Mm -hmm. Madrid, Paris, Amsterdam, Um, you know, and that's a different type of experience, for example, than what I did in Turkey, which was an active, I was with a tour group, and that was an active hiking, biking, kayaking, mm-hmm. kind of going all through the countryside, spending very little time in Istanbul, very little time in the city, um, and really sort of seeing a lot of the natural beauty that was everywhere. Nice. Um, you know, in Russia, some of the interesting experiences there were, you know, I was, I was traveling there again with a tour company, and we you know, had experiences in people's homes, which was really amazing. Right, you know, right. We had a dinner in, you know, this this lady's kitchen. Um, and she, she, you know, has this, basically her side hustle is, you know, bringing in these tour groups and setting mm-hmm. up her kitchen and making homemade meals. And she has pictures of her family all around. And she didn't oh, speak English, amazing. but she would, you know, through our tour leader, tran- you know, translating, tell us about her kids and her grandkids and and what she does and joke with us about you know her dating life even it was actually really really? funny (laughs) um and while eating this amazing food and then together we made a dessert she showed us how to make a traditional um russian dessert and so it was just it was great those are the type of experiences that 
uh, are rare sometimes when you're traveling, unless you happen to be staying with friends, which mm-hmm. always makes a huge difference. So whenever exactly. you know, whenever you can do that, you have a, a different experience because you see how people really live and um, you get the inside scoop. So anything like yeah. that is always good. Agreed. Agreed. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, when we went to to Egypt. Um, we stayed with our, our friends and they, uh, you know, I have to say, I want to talk to you also after I just make this brief mention, what it's like traveling as a woman alone versus what it's like traveling as a man. I don't know how, you know, I don't know what it's like to travel as a woman for us for this last trip. Um, I know myself enough to know that I probably wouldn't have made the trip as much as I've always wanted to go to Egypt mm-hmm. on my own or with, even with Christian, my boyfriend. Um, it's just, it's so different and, um, I've been all over Western Europe and stuff and that's sort of much easier. Um, but there's a lot of things, you know, about traveling to someplace that's so very different, um, that I guess is the crux of this conversation is like, how do you then, especially you as a woman, and you mentioned the, the latter half of the trip, which is mostly in Europe, um, how you navigate that when you're traveling to someplace that's not familiar. Yeah. What's that like? Um, you know, it depends on the place and, and I will, there are certain places I'll travel alone and certain places where I don't feel as comfortable. Mm. Europe is a little easier in that, especially in places like the capital cities, mm-hmm. um, people speak English mm-hmm. and the language really helps. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit easier, especially in an, in an urban environment to kind of, stick to the zones where, you know, it's generally safer and it's well populated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the more remote places I've been, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done alone. Um, and there's differences too. You know, I, uh, I mentioned earlier that I had, um, I had worked abroad for, it was for about eight months. Um, I was in Singapore mm. and that gave me an opportunity to travel all around sort of Southeast Asia. And mm-hmm. What was, uh, I guess I hadn't really thought about it before, but I had no problem uh, traveling in Asia by myself. You know, uh, I could hop on a plane after work on Friday and go to Cambodia for the weekend. And, um, you know, nobody hassles you, nobody bothers you. You just kind of go about your business and Mm. and you figure things out. And so um, that was my experience really throughout almost all of Asia. Um, you know, Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, uh, Thailand, I, I kind of went everywhere. Um, Amazing. yeah. And so I think, I think a lot of it is about common sense. I'm not sure it's mm-hmm. any less safe than it is here, you know, mm-hmm. in New York mm-hmm. city or anywhere else in the U S. Right. Um, and you know, you're called upon in the same way to use common sense and be aware of what's going on around you and, and mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Um, you know, and then it's really just about where do you feel comfortable going? Because if you're not comfortable, you're just not going to have a good time. So yeah. it, it's just not worthwhile. It's almost like a, the animal sense in us that, you know, have to be aware mm-hmm. of, you know, your surroundings and stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, this last trip. So after Egypt, we went, Christian and I went to uh, Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically because we're looking to find a place in Western Europe that we want to move to because I have my Italian passport Mm -hmm. and Barcelona has always been on the top of my list and I have to say even before the two mucking it was just such a busy center of the city we saw most of the center 
And there's only there were only two areas. There was the Gothic Quarter, which is where the first mugging was, and then there was uh, Gracia, which was gorgeous. Like, mm-hmm. That's where I would live. <laughs> but every other, it's all quadrants. You know, like if you look at a, a map of Barcelona, it's like these giant round rounded squares Mm -hmm. and it's really busy there's no like in Paris you know there's there's the avenues of course and you every side street is like quiet and pretty and and calming and stuff Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that and then we still had a good time and then I got mugged and like assaulted they stole my phone and then like 14 hours later Christian gets his phone lifted off of a really crowded subway train yeah so now we had no phones and it's really difficult. We had all yeah. the travel things on the yeah, phone and course. all the you know information and stuff. Yeah. Fucking nightmare. But um, and I have to say, getting the whole point of my saying this is getting back to your your point about you know you just have to be aware. And I was not aware. I don't think either one of us were aware. You know, we're kind of like Pollyanna, like this is really pretty, <laughs> and in the Gothic Quarter, and it was like three o'clock in the morning. We just left our friends, Julie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie Pinson yeah. and her boyfriend for dinner and and there was nobody on the streets yeah. and that's what had happened so yeah. lesson you know yeah. learn learn that lesson yeah and uh, I don't know I hate to say it but you know I, I think even here women are more trained to be more vigilant and pay a little more attention and not take it for granted. And so, you know, and I've also traveled enough to enough places that are, you know, have a lot of things going on. Most of the time it's property crime. You know, someone's going to steal your phone or your wallet and lift it off you. And that's, that's the end of it. Um, so, you know, I was, uh, I made an effort to be really careful. Luckily I got, I got through the whole trip unscathed, um, (laughs) by any of that. So, so that was a good thing. I don't have any of those types of stories to tell. But you're right. Um, it was because I, we weren't but, aware. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't know. I think uh, vigilance isn't always enough, but it is often enough. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So I want to start this next section, with, which is, I think, you know, the reason why we're talking. Maya Angelou has this beautiful quote um, from her book, Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now. And this, this particular section is called Passports to Understanding. And she says, human beings are more alike than unalike, and what is true anywhere is true everywhere. Yet I encourage travel to as many destinations as possible for the sake of education as well as pleasure. So let's talk about what, as an American specifically, what it means to be an American to travel, not just to Western Europe and cultures, you know, places that are more familiar, but like... Mm -hmm. Southeast Asia and, you know, Africa and places that are so culturally different and mm-hmm. how you, in particular, behave, Yeah. you know? Well, I think, I, I love that quote in that it's a reminder, that, you know, this whole idea of we're all the same. I mean, we were talking the other day and that the thing that always comes back to me is that, um you know, that people, people behave similarly. And a lot of the differences are really superficial. And you see that Mm -hmm. when you're traveling and it can be really hard to penetrate, Mm -hmm. um, unless you have the key. So the example that, that I always, um, think of is that, you know, even when I travel here in the U S people, you you know, they ask you where you're from, you say you're from New York, New York city. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, either they've been there or they haven't. Or if they they've been there, they <clears throat> love it or they hate it or they really want to go or, yeah. you know, they say no thank you, right? Those are the various combinations. Um, and they often will sort of make a comment about their impression of New Yorkers and, mm. and the reputation sometimes that comes across, you know, there's an implication that New Yorkers are unfriendly or, mm -hmm. you know, overly brusque or very aggressive. And that, mm -hmm. that's something you hear around the world. And I tell them every time, like, you know what? New Yorkers are great. They're super friendly. They're amazing. They're super helpful. They're awesome. Exactly. They're just in a hurry. <laughs> so, like, ask for help. Absolutely. You will get it. But I don't guarantee dawdle. it. But don't dawdle. <laughs> like, don't um and hem and haw and have a big whole conversation and tell your life story. Like, say, hey, how do I get to here? And you will have people jumping to help you. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a weird thing because it's that little key to understanding the culture that here everything is really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And people are going somewhere and they're in a rush and they're trying to get there and it's hard to do because it's really crowded and there's all these people and there's all mm -hmm. this noise and commotion. And so you have to be sort of clear and crisp and fast. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that, you no longer think New Yorkers are unfriendly or unhelpful. Exactly. You just need that key to know. And then when you know that, you're like, oh, well, now I get it. And can I add an, an addendum to that yeah. key set, that keychain? Because I think it's also, and I try to do this when, when I travel as well, Think about the time at which you are interacting with people. If it's during rush hour, whether it's in the morning or the afternoon, that's a whole different subset of, you know, like, I don't have time to talk to you. I would like to help you. But, yeah. you know, um, I would also suggest when people travel, um, try not to travel during rush hour. Go a little mm -hmm. bit later in the, in the morning uh, or a little bit later in the afternoon, so or earlier in the afternoon, so you don't like deal with the trains crowded and, yeah. and people are in a rush and stuff. And absolutely, it's it's like you said, common sense and yeah. and just understanding that. Yeah, you know. and sometimes it's just something that you you won't, wouldn't get on your own, but if someone tells you, it's kind of that key, or if you discover it it's kind of that key to unlocking sort of how people behave in the culture. And then mm -hmm. once you understand it, you know, you start to get away from these notions of, oh, people in that country, they're, they're mean or they're unfriendly or, like or the they're Parisians. rude. The, this idea that. of Parisians <laughs> being rude. Yeah. Um, a lot of which, people will say that. Which I've never found. I've not experienced it. I'm and sure the, people and have. And the other thing but, that we talked about is like, you know, I speak enough French to sort of transact. Yeah. But all you really need to know is hello, how are you? Yeah. Uh, the word thank you, please. Those In any simple language. things that make yeah. such a huge difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I, I also haven't really had, um, I've, I've not found the French to be rude, but I know so many people who have that there's something there. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have a theory that, you know, it's again, it's one of those keys. And if you get it, you kind of view, view the behavior you're observing in a different way. Mm -hmm. One of my theories, I'm not sure if this is right, is that they're actually very heavily occupied with etiquette. So they're obsessed with manners. Yeah. And if you, um, 
breach those manners, immediately they'll turn off, mm-hmm. right? And they'll immediately, they won't be warm to you and they will be rude, what we perceive as rude. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because it's not that they're rude, it's that they're overly concerned with the <laughs> etiquette that you've just breached. So as an example, if you walk into a shop, a restaurant, anything in France, mm-hmm. you absolutely positively cannot do anything until you say bonjour madame or bonjour monsieur you cannot just go in and transact here if i go into bodega i grab a bottle of milk or whatever it is that i need to buy Mm -hmm. i go you know put it on the counter i hand the guy my cash we might not exchange a single word Mm -hmm. and that's just how we transact here because that's the custom Mm -hmm. but you can't do that there so if you go there as an American or anyone else mm-hmm. and you just don't think of that and recognize that that's the custom and that's the expected etiquette, exactly. you're not going to behave that way. They're going to think you're really rude and they're going to respond in kind. I wish I so had like a sound effect. Like, <laughs> ding, 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 because that's exactly what it is. And by the way, I one of my one of the most important um, keys for me when I travel anywhere is, you know, again, learn a handful of words. We had mm-hmm. to learn, we learned, it was really fun, a handful of Arabic words mm-hmm. when we went to Egypt. Um, learn basic, common yeah. hellos, goodbyes, thank yous. You know, yeah. simple stuff. Mm-hmm. It makes such a huge difference. And I think to your point, more specifically than just, um, you know, you don't walk into a place and immediately transact. Of course. You have to... We're all still animals at our basis level, and people can read each other whether they're from the opposite ends of the earth or not. Mm-hmm. And when you walk into place in Paris, say, I totally agree. It's it's also how you hold your face mm-hmm. and how you know kind your eyes are, and you don't. Like it's embarrassing to go to Europe sometimes because you see why people hate Americans mm-hmm. because of the way they just expect everyone to speak English. They want to have everything familiar to them, and they don't want to have to do any work to, to kind of fit in. They, don't, they think almost that fitting into another culture is like, you're taking away my freedom. Yeah. It's like, fuck you, you know? Yeah, and I think, I think that's true of some people, for sure. I do think also, though, that there can be a bit of, um, you know, I think about if you if you Google right now, you know, how many Americans travel abroad, mm. you'll see a whole bunch of stories that say, you know, Americans have a very low rate of ever traveling abroad and they don't have passport things, therefore, that they're uncultured. Um, they don't have experience of other places. And I, mm. I think, you know, I have a, a very close friend who um, grew up in the U.K., now lives here. And one of the things she said to me at one point was she was like, I didn't get it. I thought, I believe that whole thing and Americans don't travel and, and they don't go anywhere and they don't care about anything except their own culture. She's like, now I get it. This country is huge, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's gigantic. It's by by both population and like land, mm-hmm. one of the top biggest countries in the world and you can travel an awful lot and never leave the borders right so Mm -hmm. everyone they might have different accents they might have different um you know local cuisines but at the at the base of it there's still a commonality of culture even when you travel so u.s is bigger than europe i think if you excluding russia you know and um so we just grow up 
with less exposure because we live in a gigantic landmass yeah, where there's really, not as much really variety. Yeah. And so she, she, you know, coming from Europe where there, that reputation was very common and then coming here and starting to understand it a little better, she's like, no, it's not like that. Yeah. Not that people don't travel. It's just they might not fly as much <laughs> and they might not cross a border as much because there aren't as many borders. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think that people who do travel, and it is quite a lot, it's like, a, you know, more than 100 million, you know, Americans have active passports, something like oh, that. that's good, yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think we can get lazy a little bit mm-hmm. and, and want people to speak English or not be as conscious of the differences in culture that, that really we should be adapting to. I don't think in most cases that it's a conscious attitude of I shouldn't have to. No, I mean, some cases, of mm-hmm. course. But I think in a lot of cases, it's just, you know, because we tend to travel across borders less, we can be less thoughtful about that. Uh, and the differences yeah, we would expect yeah. to see. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. And always remember life is short and unpredictable. Moments are fleeting and sometimes simply miserable. Tell me what the hell are you scared of when in the end the only thing is love in the end. Love's the only thing. I wanna regret the things wanna, I've done. Wanna, Never wanna, the things I've left unknown. Never a second will I waste. Never an opportunity to taste the sweetness of life. All of the misery and strife. We have a wanderlust, mm. you and I, you know? Yeah. And and pretty much everyone that I know that that we know mutually in New York, because New York is sort of like its own country within the United States. There's so many yeah. <laughs> cultures and languages and people represented here mm-hmm. that you hear every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's no, like from my perspective, there, it, there's no, it's not a surprise that I ended up in New York City. You know, yeah. I was a gay man, but also really hungry to understand other cultures. And I guess the thing, and it's probably, it's a chip on my shoulder, I suppose, that, you know, most of the people I grew up with have no desire to go anywhere else or learn anyone else's sort of culture and language. And that's, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, it's not, it's, it's so fundamental in my DNA yeah. to travel and to learn about different foods and different ways of thinking, yeah. you know? It, it's just yeah. why we travel. It is. And I think I I agree with with you and with Maya Angelou that um, people should go to as many places as they can, even if it's in the U.S. Like, I I don't think it has Mm -hmm. to be, you know, getting on a plane and flying to the other side of the world. Um, But even, you know, the first step is outside of your community. Right. First step is outside of your home. Then it's outside of your community. Then it might be outside of your city. Then it might be outside of your state. Then it might be outside of your country, maybe eventually. Um, But but. The idea is just to experience something that is different to what you are experiencing every day. That's a little different to how you think, exactly. and or what you eat, or or where you go, or who you know. Um, well, she, so and that there, helps. I, I think. couldn't find the exact quote, and maybe I was you know combining different. I'm pretty sure that another thing that she said, you know, in in terms of the reason why people, especially Americans, should travel 
is to know what it feels like to be the alien in another place. Yeah. How to transact in another <laughs> currency and language and culture. Yeah. Specifically for Americans, she she felt that it's almost an onus on us to, to yeah. do that. And like you said earlier, it makes so much sense that if you grow up in Europe, you can take literally take a train to five countries mm-hmm. within a couple hours. And yeah. so you're automatically more predisposed to uh, other languages and other cultures and other peoples and stuff. And yeah. um, I, I just... Yeah. It makes so much sense. It does. It's, it's funny, the, the, you know, especially toward the end of travel, traveling this time, you know, people would ask, well, what do you miss most? What do you miss most about home? And, uh, you know, the obvious answer is, you know, my family and friends, mm-hmm. um, always. Um, but then the next thing wasn't, you know, my apartment or my bed or my whatever. It was um, a little more amorphous, but it was knowing what to do in any given situation, knowing how to transact, knowing, Mm. you know, that again, not being that alien. So Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. an example, this is going to be a really silly example, but you know, it took me a couple of days to figure out where does one buy deodorant (laughs) in Moscow, right? It's, it happens to be in the supermarket. Oh, okay. But in, you know, in Paris, it's in the pharmacy. Right. And in Turkey, it's in a different type of shop. And in another place, it, it, you know, it's all different kinds of places. And you just don't know. Right. And right. you don't even always know how to find out. Right, exactly. Um, you I've know, been there before. Etiquette about walking into a restaurant. You know, do you grab a menu and seat yourself? Or do you wait for someone to show you where to go? And those mm-hmm. are very different. And if you do the wrong thing in a particular country, they'll look at you like you're crazy. Um, so it was that. It was that constant feeling of, and it's good because it helps remind you yeah. that, that you know, things are different. And it helps you appreciate people who are trying to figure things out that you might encounter in your comfortable everyday life. Right, right. Um, but you know, these, these are things you take for granted if you never leave your environment and you start exactly. to appreciate the challenges that people have. Exactly. You know, so... And I, and I, I know what you mean. I mean, you know, in Egypt, we were lucky, again, to have our hosts sort of take care of a lot of that sort of thing. And we were staying with them, so we didn't have to really worry about... Um, shopping on our own and, and things. But I remember when I was living in Paris for like a month for my friend's wedding mm-hmm. and, and I stayed in their apartment while they were on honeymoon. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where to buy lube. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> and it didn't seem like that tricky of a thing. You know, I didn't know where to buy lube and yeah. it wasn't in the pharmacies. It wasn't in the supermarkets. It was only in like sex shops. Right. Which I don't even know where they are. I had to, <laughs> you know, and and like you said, it's not like you can. You can't even even ask somebody that because you know, how do you ask somebody that? Yeah. And, and then and then what's the word for lubricated? You know, for, <laughs> what do they call it? Personal lubrication. Yeah. Uh, lotion or whatever. Um, and it's just those things, and that's 
Paris, for God's sakes. I, I can yeah. imagine, you know, what it must be like in Moscow or yeah. Southeast Asia or something. Yeah. So even a very everyday things all of a sudden take on a different dimension of mm-hmm. difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how to use the subway or the bus and how where do you buy exactly. your lube or your deodorant or your whatever and yeah. what do you do in a restaurant and, you know, if you're at least somewhat conscious, you don't want to do stuff, anything that will be considered rude mm-hmm. or disrespectful or, you know, so it can, it can be, it can be quite challenging to yeah. navigate that and figure it out. And so there's just a lot of mental effort. Yes, and so yes. the thing that I missed was just, you know, I'm going to go to my neighborhood. I'm going to be in my apartment. I know where to go to get whatever I want. Right. I know what to do right. in a restaurant. Right. I know which restaurant to go to. Right. I know how to transact. I know how to take the subway and the bus and the whatever and get an Uber and all of it. Um, actually, Uber evens all of that out because it works everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. all those other things. And I know the currency and I understand what something costs without miscalculating, you know, currency translation in my mind. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that was that's the thing that becomes a little tiring at the end of that kind of and, journey. And to your point, like, it's... It can be exhausting, but it's also one of the more important reasons why we should do it. Yes. You know, because we put ourselves in a kind of unfamiliar Mm -hmm. territory, as, you know, that can be challenging and, and, and exhausting, but it's important to put yourself in that position, I think, and, and, and you also understand that um and i think that's probably why you know a lot of i can just say speak for americans i mean you know my family and and people in upstate new york um uh don't do it uh as much as they should you know Mm. because i i get that i understand why people um find it overwhelming and challenging even to like uh have the idea to travel uh, to these different places. My nephew, though, my nephew and his wife, who we adore, recently recently took a trip to Naples, which is where our family is from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it was... Uh, my nephew's wife surprised my nephew for his birthday, and I was... Uh, con- you know, I was in, con- in contact with her for months beforehand, and I wanted to kind of, without predisposing her to a specific kind of, like, I don't want to make you alarmed or anything, but Naples, have you ever been to Naples? I have not, no. I mean, it's like, it's as raw as you can imagine. <laughs> like, it's everything that you think of, you know, like a Scorsese movie. <laughs> it's it's um, beautiful and vicious, and it's just, it's fucking insane. And, and again, it's like that, you know, double-edged, it's like, the things that are that are really not pleasant are right next to the things that are so beautiful and so mm-hmm. interesting. But I tried to kind of warn her, you know, about how they how they act in this particular part of Naples, uh, Italy, and it, you know, you will find things that are beautiful, but you will also be confronted with a lot of harsh realities. Like crossing the street there is fucking dangerous because yeah. all the Italians drive like maniacs, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, there's cliffy roads when you get to the Mergellina, part of the, you know, the sea and stuff. Um, And then, you know, narrow little streets and things, which are, I don't know. It's just like, 
it was a very tricky thing for me when I went because I had this whole <clears throat> ridiculous romantic idea of, and I, I swear to God, it was like implanted. Thank you for Francis Ford Coppola for like Godfather two, I think when, when it was, um, young, uh, what's the father's name? Not Michael, the father of Michael and, uh, the Marlon Brando. Anyway, um, what it was the like Don. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And it was like this, these quaint little, you know, pebble streets and things. And that's what I thought Naples was going to be like. Yeah. And I get there, it's like, holy shit. You know, <laughs> just didn't expect it. But they ended up having the whole point of this long uh, preamble is they had the most amazing time. Not only were they not put off by anything, they want to move there now. And they're wow. in the process of getting their yeah. citizenship. To yeah. live there. And like, wow, you know. So I think it's really just about, yeah. it's, you have to go, you have to have an open mind and an open heart. Yeah. You really do. And that's a, and that's a great story. I mean, I think that the whole point of that is that there are these quaint, you will find the quaint little beautiful cobblestone streets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all have these romantic ideas of, of what a place is going to be like, no matter where that place is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we only think of the good things. We don't always think of the other side right. or even just the everyday things. Nobody mm-hmm. asks about the mid lights, you know, right, <laughs> like what's right. the middle, so you funny. ask for the highlights <laughs> and, and maybe the, you know, the, the things that aren't so good, but nobody talks about kind of the everyday stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the ability to, be patient enough to kind of go through all of that and see the mid lights and the low lights and then find the highlights and be able to appreciate them um, in the context of the rest of it is really interesting. I mean, I've kind of um, talked to people about, you know, do I want to move abroad for a little while and and live somewhere else, work somewhere Mm -hmm. else, um, you know, and, and... you know, feeling sometimes discontent with some of the things that I'm seeing here. Um, you know, and, and I, I just, they uh, mostly people who have spent a lot of time abroad or who are from abroad, mm-hmm. um, remind me, like, just remember they have that stuff there too. The, yes. the, they have yes. the same kind of stuff there too. Yes. Um, and so it's really just a reminder that it's not all going to be highlights. It's not all going to be the good things. You may, um, you know, shake off some of the things that you don't like, but you're going to take on some other ones. Um, right. And no place is perfect. A lot of places, you know, it, it's really about what's most important to you. And, right. and um, it's easy to get caught up in this idea that there is some better place out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's probably more likely that there's just a different place out there that's right. better in some aspects and worse than others. Right. Um, and so while that is disappointing because it's not our <laughs> fairy tale, our fairy tale ideal, um, it's something, you know, I've been spending some time thinking about as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. I mean, I, I know that just, from my perspective, you know, the thing, we went to Barcelona specifically, not so much for vacation, I mean, it was vacation technically, but with a very different, you know, mindset, uh, is this a place where we could live? And I, I pretty, I pretty much sussed out within the first couple of days, no, it's just too fucking busy. It's like too, like, (laughs) 
yeah. traffic, crazy traffic. And then we had this experience that was, you know, unpleasant. But it's at the same time, it's okay because, you know, we went with a specific purpose and it was decided for us. You know, I decided before that happened, the muggings and things that, no, this is, you know, not, I need, like, at my age, I, I need some place that's, like, less busy than New York City, you know what yeah. I mean? And even Paris, like we say, yeah. um, I really want to live in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it I can see lovely. myself living in Paris versus London versus yeah. anywhere else. I mean, I don't know. So we'll figure that out. Okay, so I'm going to end this with uh, this quote by Anthony Bourdain. May he rest in peace. Uh, you know, like we were talking when I put the Egypt book together, I could not f come up with a series of words that that spoke to this experience that I had in this place that I'd always wanted to go. Um, so, so Anthony Bourdain writes, it's an irritating reality that many places and events defy description. Angkor Wat and Machu Picchu, for instance, seem to demand silence, like a love affair you can never talk about. For a while after, you fumble for words, trying vainly to assemble a private narrative, an explanation, a comfortable way to frame where you've been and what's happened. In the end, you're just happy you were there with your eyes open and lived to see it. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Way Off the Record has been written, edited, and produced by Scott Ambrosino, also produced by Christian Hernandez, and our music is by the amazing Marie Tree. Way Off the Record is available wherever you get your podcasts, so thanks for listening. 